Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to Inside College Admissions, a podcast presented by SCORE. I'm Elena and I'm so excited for our episode today. So if you're applying to colleges right now, you probably know that feeling of filling out your application and giving it the absolute best shot that you can, but wondering what are some of those small things that maybe I'm thinking too much about or that I could do that could really take this application to the next level? If that's something going through your head, this episode is for you. Today, I'm back with Tom from College Essay Guy, and we'll talk about the don't sweat it and the don't forget it of your college application, aka the little things you're probably worrying too much about and the things that you don't want to forget to include. I'm so serious when I say I wish that I knew these when I was applying to college because I definitely sweated some of these small things, like not sounding smart enough in my writing or worrying about things that I'd heard from older students. And I didn't even think of some of these easy, quick tips that could get your application to really stand out to the person reading it. We'll talk about how you can infuse humor in your application, like how mentioning that you're that one friend that always has band-aids in your backpack for the group can actually be relevant, how not to go too wild on the word count in the activity section, and how to really make your personality shine through on paper. This is a really great episode and it's so perfect if you're finalizing or submitting those college apps right now. So I'm so excited for you to hear it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, Tom. Hey, Elena. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We're so excited to have you back. Oh, thank you. I, I, I am so honored to be coming back for a round two. So, Tom, when you were here last time, we talked about the little things in your life that can make for a great college essay. So if you haven't already heard that episode, definitely go on back and take a listen. I was both cracking up and inspired the whole time. I'm, I'm honored. I, I feel very similarly. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the little things in your college application and how you can make these little tweaks that could really make your application stand out. So first, can you just remind the audience real quick of who you are and your work with the College Essay Guy? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Tom Campbell. Um, I'm College Essay Guy's community manager. And I spent a lot of time in the last episode kind of talking about how that came to be and what my role is. Essentially, my, my byline is that I try to give people what they want when it comes to um, more support with their college application process and new programmings and offerings and support services that College Essay Guy can bring into the fold. So yeah, College Essay Guy is really something that we hope can be your home for college essay and application support beyond exclusively essay writing. We put forward lots of different elements to help people put together the best application they can and really kind of think about their own values and what they're looking for in this next step in their journeys and, and really kind of try to bring that perspective into the mix. There's three main areas that we really kind of spend a lot of time on. Um, one is our free resources, which is something that, you know, I'd, I'd say is the biggest piece of our traffic of our 6 million unique users per year who go to the website are really kind of taking advantage of those offerings. So there's blogs, there's webinars, there's podcasts, there's YouTube videos. We also have video courses where Ethan Sawyer, our college essay guy, the guy, leads students through a series of brainstorming exercises and drafting techniques. And you can learn from other peers kind of on Zoom and on YouTube. And those are really great opportunities. And then lastly, we have, if you want something that's a little more hands-on, we do offer one-on-one -on -one services for students where you can work with an essay coach for a pretty long period of time for multiple months and weeks kind of refining, up-leveling your essays. And then we also have college counseling beyond that too for the whole process. And almost everything at College Essay Guy is pay what you can. And we operate on a one-for-one -one model, meaning that for every student who pays for services, we take on a pro bono student um, to offer free application and essay support through our Match Lighter Scholars Program. So we like to use the phrase, we're trying to democratize the admissions process, meaning that you know high quality information that's often available at highly resourced high schools, with you know um, a really robust college counseling office and team who are really well versed in this process, you know it's great that students have those resources in their own school, but that's not everyone's reality um, and right. where everyone's coming from. So that's a big part of what College Essay Guy is all about is just trying to get that information out there and readily accessible. And recording podcasts like this is just another way to amplify the message. So thanks for for having me on again. Oh, of course. We love College Essay Guy. Y'all really try to democratize the college application process. And especially when it comes to college resources, sometimes things can be so expensive and so exclusive. And y'all really break down those barriers. So cheers to you, College Essay Guy. Thank you. Cheers <laughs> to score. Thanks. So we definitely know 
there are little things that can make up your college essay. There are little techniques you can use to make this college essay your own. There are also little things you can do in your application. So in the actual online application that you can do that will make a really big difference. And like I said, don't require a super heavy lift in order to make them happen. And Tom, I know that this is something that even your friends who work in admissions tell you too, right? About like these little things. Totally. And I think especially there are so many parts of the college application process that, especially when students are kind of gearing up for their senior year, the fall of their senior senior year, many of the components of the application at this point are kind of like out of your control, right? Like people, if you ask for like, you know, what makes for a great college application, people are going to say like, well, you know, challenging coursework and doing well in it. And potentially, you know, if you take standardized tests, like a great test score, if you want to send that in. Those are all things that at a certain point when you're a senior, like, well, I got what I got. I've taken the classes I've taken. I've earned the grades I've earned. They are sealed in ink. This is no invisible ink, no erasable moment. So where now, what do I do now? Where do I focus my energies and my time? And um, that's why I think I really like the idea of putting forward little things that you can do on your application to just really leave your reader on the admissions end with just like a really pleasant experience. (laughs) And you leave kind of just feeling like, gee, like, I really like that kid, right? Um, Or I really appreciate the way that they made this reading experience for me very pleasant and agreeable. Yes, The importance of little things is grounded in a lot of research. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was kind of taking a look through and seeing like, I was like, there's got to be like treasure trove of research online from psychology and cognitive science and neuroscience and behavioral economics. Like there's got to be a lot of proof that little tiny tweaks can make a big difference. And in fact, I admittedly have not read this book, but I had started to watch a lot of YouTube videos on it. And definitely now I'm very intrigued in picking up a copy, but it's called The Small Big, Small Mm -hmm. Changes That Spark Influence by Steve Martin, Noah Goldstein, and... Robert Cialdini. And basically the book kind of goes through and gives all these suggestions or examples of how little tweaks that certain companies or investors or or people have made make a huge impact on the way that you can be more persuasive and get people to kind of be on your side. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the college application is like truly a huge case study in this type of mentality and this, this dynamic. I'm also, I mean, this, I'm dating myself egregiously bad right now I mean not quite as bad as earlier we were talking about Italy and Lizzie McGuire and you know best <laughs> moments. <laughs> but um you know there's the Hunger Games film trilogy oh 100% I guess I guess it's not a it's a book trilogy and a film quadrilogy quadrilogy um but anyway I remember like there's a quote that like really sticks out to me from the first Hunger Games movie where Hamish, like the coach who's trying to get Katniss Everdeen, the girl on fire, the District 12 tribute to get sponsors for people. So when she's in the arena, you know, and she needs some healing ointment from a branch, you know, that attacked her, whatever it is, that she has that. But he basically says like, if you're going to get sponsors, like you need to get people to like you. And so that's (laughs) kind of a little that, you know, I put out there for people who are tuning in, because I do really think there are little things that can leave the reader feeling really like, oh, wow, I, this kid seems really cool. Like I'm, I'm into them. And when there's, I think a degree of like relatability, especially, I think people really underscore like how impactful that can be in, in your application process. So yeah. um, I just wanted to preface our, our collection of tangible and practical suggestions with the research background and kind of some of the anecdotal pieces from my life that I feel, feel like really relate to this. Um, yes. And to, to circle back on your question as well, or your point about, you know, I have, you know, a lot of my friends now, of course, after working in admissions for six or so years, a lot of my friends are people who work at different colleges and universities, especially when I worked at Pomona, you know, I had the benefit of having four admissions offices. We were all in one square mile in the Claremont Consortium. Right. So, my friends at Pitzer, at Scripps, at Claremont McKenna, at Harvey Mudd, you know, we would go and go out together, have share meals, get coffee, get drinks, whatever it is. And we would oftentimes kind of talk about like, just like, you know, kind of this mutual solidarity of, oh, like, don't you love when people like put in an essay that's one giant big block paragraph and don't actually 
split up the ideas into multiple and just kind of like <laughs> collective grown, you know, among me and my friends, like it kind of really speaks to when an, when an application is just like put together in just like a really user-friendly way, like you are like subconsciously just like much more likely to like feel like you want to advocate for the student or just like yeah. you, you were left with such a more positive glass half full mentality um, than if there were little tiny irksome habits that make your life as the reader a little more cumbersome. Right. And maybe that sounds selfish, but I think it's the reality of the subjective process that is what, you know, the admissions process is in the United States. It's human beings with human preferences reading through a human's life story and, and body of work. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there are things that I know you and I have talked about where students sometimes forget to do some little things and sometimes where they think too much about something that oftentimes really is not that super important. So we have separated these little things into two categories. Don't sweat it and don't forget it. So first, I say we go through the don't sweat it. I just need to take a moment to acknowledge <laughs> Elena came up with this just like that. It was so impressive. I'm just, I'm moved. I'm moved. It's the little things, you know, don't get me started. <laughs> little titles, little catchphrases. It's, it's, yeah. What else do I live for? Literally for little catchphrases. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> So I say we start with the don't sweat it. These are things that just don't sweat it. Don't, don't think too much about it. Don't put too much time into it. Don't sweat it. So one of those things is don't put too much information into the activity section and sort of bombard the reader. So this was one that yeah. you told me, Tom, because I, I didn't even think of this. Totally. And this, I think, really gets at, like, you know, we have a lot of students right now who are working with a college essay guy who are really interested in computer science. And, you know, there's a branch of that sphere in that world called UX, user experience. And people are always talking about how they love UX design. It's all about how, like, websites, you know, how a user moves through your website. And when there's, like, ooh, a little, like, sliding photo as you scroll down that yeah. there are little, um, little things that come in from the left and right that show... The different offerings that the company has like those are all little tiny things that kind of like make moving through the website like a pleasant experience and I feel like the activities list is one where like I I really want to encourage people to think about the user experience mindset when going through this so regardless of the application type you end up using or multiple application types when you're applying to college there are certain things that like reading through it as a as an admissions officer a certain clunkiness in the presentation can really just like, it can lose all the like great nuggets of wisdom and insights and the things that you've learned in your activities list, like really can be lost because you just look at the page and you're like, this just looks like a mess. It's, it's, there's a lot of going on in here. And where I see this happen sometimes is I think sometimes students see that there's different character limits for, you know, the position that you hold in your activity what the organization or the name of the activity or, you know, internship or whatever it is, what the name is. And then you have a description. Oftentimes there's, there's typically those kind of three different areas of real estate <clears throat> and each one has a different character limit. So sometimes people will be like, oh, well, gee, like, you know, my position was president um, and I was given, you know, 60 characters to write more. So I'm going to write president in parentheses, a role, which means that I led the thing like, yes doesn't need to be there. And the other piece too, is that I really highly encourage if the application you're using has a PDF preview where you can see actually exactly how someone who's reading the actual file, what it looks like for them. I always tell students that is so much more of a telling piece for you. That's, I think just such an important perspective for you to keep in mind, because if you look through and see like gee, I'm looking at this page and there's just a whole lot of text and like, it's very overwhelming and the titles are super bold and big and there's just a lot of words in there. It again, really waters down actually what you're trying to say. So my tip with this is to keep it simple and not yep. sweat it too much to do. Title, president, organization, national honor society, description, whatever you want it to be. And, and, and my big thing with the description as well is that 
I mean, we can get to this actually in the don't forget it. Um, so I'll give my my pro tips for how to kind of do little tweaks to enhance your activities list when we get to that. But yeah, cannot overemphasize enough like how a title is a title. Don't try to put in description content in there because you feel like, oh, it's characters that I can use to my advantage. Um, right. it, it may actually do exactly the opposite and just leave someone feeling overwhelmed or just not pleased with having to sift through, especially when you think about the speed at which admissions officers have to read through these files. Like when you make it more difficult for them to parse out what you're, what you're putting forward, it, it doesn't do you any favors. Right. Yeah. I'd say that this is a don't sweat it because there are a lot of common organizations throughout American high schools, national honor society, soccer team, mm -hmm. those clubs are pretty universally known so there's not really a need to describe them in the in the name section. We know what it means. Totally, yeah. Soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And on the flip side of that, right? Like I, I say, use the spaces that are available for what they're designated for, A, and B, use them to your advantage in terms of filling in the unspoken parts of yourself that like, especially if you've done the values exercise or any other things that College Essay Guy all the resources that we have to help you kind of think about ways to uplevel your, your content. You know, so for example, I have this activities list that I've saved and I have permission from the student to use it for back from when I worked at Pomono. We use this as an example to show people that like you can, especially when the activity is more literal, like you mentioned, soccer team. One time I did have a student that wrote, they had one activity and it was basketball. And in the description for the activity, they wrote self-explanatory. Oh, to me, the big message that I took away was, missed opportunity, not taking this seriously, right? Right. So while, yes, basketball is self-explanatory, write about in your description, don't waste words saying like a sport where a orange ball is dribbled from one side to the other because right. it's a highly likely that your reader is familiar with the mechanics of basketball. But right. if you want to write something like, you know, building team camaraderie, like, you know, think about your role on the team, right? The little things that you do, like, are you the person who is always hosting the pasta parties to get people carbo loaded and fueled up? Like, are you the mom of the team who brings band-aids when people scrape their knee? Are yeah. you the person who like, you know, before you all huddle and do your chant, you come up with some fun slogan or chant, or are you the one playing, you know, the soundtrack on the bus to the games? There's all these little things that you are doing probably behind the scenes that are not the actual like, you're like, well, I'm the forwarder. I'm a forward on the team, right? Like, sure, that's probably part of it. But like, what are you contributing that people who don't know or haven't seen you actually be a part of this team? What do you feel like are the little things that are your contribution to the team that you want to include? And that's an opportunity in that description to, that's a don't forget it. <laughs> that's yeah, that that's a don't forget do. it. Yes, exactly. 100%. So for example, the student who was admitted to Pomona, his list like struck me as just like so interesting and dynamic. And one of his activities is track and field. And he writes, instead of writing, I run, period. Sure. Right. Like I gathered that. He writes, I can't sprint. So I run lots of slower circles instead of fewer, faster circles, leading by example on a shockingly popular circle running team. And it just really kind of like brings in a sense of playfulness, sense of joy, sense of, you know, he's not taking himself too seriously. He can be self-deprecating. He's kind of giving a window right. into his personality. Then there's other things in his activities list where, you know, those times where you want to flex, you can flex. And those, those little things that you're really proud of yourself for really achieving a huge feat or really uh, accomplishing something that was very impressive objectively, right? So one of the other things he writes is that he was nominated by his faculty at his school to be a writing center coach. And so he writes, nominated by my school's humanities faculty, coaches help peers write and edit academic, analytical, and creative works. So he's specifying essentially what that role is, um, but also kind of highlighting that like, yeah, like he was tapped from all the students in his school to be a part of this kind of exclusive group of people who have this perspective and, and skill set to contribute to their community. So yeah. when, when an activity that you're involved in, if you created your own club, so that someone who read it is like, I don't actually know what coffee deodorant club, like I'm just looking at things that are around my desk here. That's yeah. probably one where you want to spend a little bit of your description being actually literal <laughs> and kind of explaining sure. actual nuts and bolts. But for the ones that are 
pretty obvious. Use it as an opportunity to bring in values, to bring in little nuggets, to bring in little images of you actually engaging with that particular activity. Yes, that's such a good point. And I was thinking that too, because I was in one of those organizations where you couldn't necessarily glean what it was from the name. So that is important to specify, like don't miss the opportunity to explain what that is. But there's also something that you said that made me think, and it's the idea of using humor. So I think that it can be hard sometimes to strike a balance between being funny for your age group and being funny for admissions counselor. It can be kind of hard if you want to use humor. This is one that's a like section, don't sweat it, but subsection, maybe think about it a little bit is using humor. <laughs> like you don't want to this be is, using- This is a colon title, right? Like Yes, a colon title. This is a colon title. You know, you don't want to use like slang or things that you <laughs> might think are funny on like Twitter or like memes or something probably just, you know, using a level of humor like that example that you gave about track, but not necessarily being like, LOL, self-explanatory lols. 100%. Like if you're coming in being like PLZ, admit me, LOL. Like that <laughs> is, you know, veering to the point of basketball self-explanatory territory. And you don't necessarily want to leave that impression, right? So I think understanding your audience, like people who work in college admissions, for the most part, they're, you know, millennial or Gen X era people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think keeping that in mind with like your references and kind of just like the the things that you're putting out there, like you, you do, I think, kind of want to have them be a little, I think the specific details are definitely helpful, but especially like thinking about who's on the other end of the coin and the ways that you talk with your friends, you kind of, you want to show a degree of that, but in a way that's going to be understood or your the language is is common between the person that you're writing towards yes. and I think it's really important to clarify the distinction between like pandering and this should definitely be coming from I'd say an authentic place because I think some students are just more cut and dry and to the point and that's their style they tell it like it is it's they're not the person who's kind of coming in with these little witty quips and and things like that so I say don't kind of force on the hat that doesn't fit you you know, if, mm -hmm. if that's not your style per se, you know, this does not need to be the approach that you take. But if you are, if you are kind of that person who, you know, you have this more playful side to you that you don't really feel like is being shown here. Like, I guess I'm just kind of giving you the stamp of approval and kind of the grace to lean into that side if you want to. Um, but doing it in a way that feels like age appropriate and um, isn't going to be like too, I guess, like <laughs> controversial or flippant or not really kind of showing that you're you're taking this with a degree of, of seriousness. Yeah. Yep. And I'd say the other don't sweat it for the activity section is don't sweat if an activity is quote unquote good enough or big enough to be put in the activity section. So I know that you mentioned there was a student who didn't know if they should put their work experience in the activity section. Totally. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, sometimes students sit back and be like, oh gosh, like this activity, like wasn't impressive enough. Like I didn't get into a leadership role or this or that. And I really kind of try to dial that down and be like, don't sweat it. If the things that you do are important to you, like communicate that using these lists and using these opportunities. You know, one of the offerings that we have at College Essay Guy is a parent community. So for any parents who may be tuning in, if you're interested in joining, shameless plug, um, find all the info on our website about it. It's a great place for solidarity with other parents. And we do live Q and A's with, I'm, I'm on there sometimes, um, Loren Carter, who's the director of college counseling at Sidwell Friends School is actually the, you know, brainchild behind it. And so we were doing a session together and a mom asked, my son works at Chick-fil-A, you know, should I put that down? And we were like, absolutely. And she's like, yeah, like he actually earned, you know, an award of like most friendly employee last month. And I'm like, that is exactly the type of thing to include in this part of your application. You may think like, oh, gee, it was just being friendly. That's just being me. But like, that just communicates a lot about what other people are recognizing about you and how that amazing friendly attitude is going to contribute to a college community. And yep. yeah, and it's again, it's not like, you know, most revenue or most sales or most this or that, maybe some of the typical accolades, but it's cute. It's heartwarming. Yeah. And also is a chance to, instead of that description, writing like, 
was a cashier at a chicken fast food restaurant. Sure, that is literal. But also when you can put into that description, like, you know, in addition to flipping chicken patties, I also won, you know, um, right. friendly employee, right? Tack it on to the literal description and bring in a little more spice into the mix. Right. A little more crispiness if we're talking yes. here. <laughs> yes. And I mean, it shows an ability to handle multiple priorities, going to school and going to work. Like that that's something that I think absolutely should be on your college application because it it shows more than I think students may think at first glance. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So our second don't sweat it or the thing to not stress too much about is the idea of not sounding smart enough in your writing. Mm, yeah, this is a big one, I would say. <laughs> so this was one that, Tom, you pointed out to me was something that students often stress maybe too much about, but maybe they don't really need to be worrying about. Right. Yeah. And this is one point, the kind of, you know, trying to sound as intelligent and as intellectual as possible in your writing, there is kind of a disconnect, right, between like what many students have heard that colleges are looking for based on, oh, the first thing first and foremost is your academics and, you mm -hmm. know, what you're curious about. And that is definitely true. But there's a certain place in the application where that type of information is gathered and the writing pieces of the application are not English essays. And we do a big job at College Essay Guy of really clarifying the two different worlds that those are. And, you know, mm -hmm. I know we talked a lot in the previous episode about the personal statement specifically, but in your writing throughout your application, like definitely one little thing to be mindful of is if you feel like you're, as, as the kids say, flexing a lot with your vocabulary, especially... <laughs> or like adding in words that you really don't use on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, this is a tip that I know many other counselors share with students on a, a frequent basis on the overly thesaurus-sized, yes. <laughs> even a word, writing. You know, statements like, in the din of the night, the resplendent moonshine flooded through my incandescent window or things like that. <laughs> kind of, I think, are meant to bring in a level of, quote unquote, sophistication into the mix. Right. These are these, you know, prestigious, highly, you know, intellectual environments that are really wanting kids who speak that language. But the reality is that, you know, people, the people who are reading these applications are not English professors, for the most part. I did have a former colleague who was a, had a PhD in English. So I'd say Ooh. she's, you know, a particular exception. But for the most part, most of the people who work in the admissions office are people who are, you know, many of them are fresh out of college themselves. And so they're not too far off from right. the experiences of the students who are applying. And of course, there are people, you know, higher up in, in leadership at different admissions offices who are veering towards that more Gen X and boomer aged crowd. But even then, like, there's not this typically this background in academia that's influencing mm -hmm. the lens that they're reading your application through. So I think sounding smart enough in your writing, you know, this comes up in many places, definitely in a lot of personal essays, but, you know, even in, for example, like a lot of colleges have short answer responses that are parts of their application questions. Mm -hmm. In addition to the personal essay, they have maybe supplemental essays, you know, other areas where, especially there, maybe sometimes the student will be like, oh, gee, it's Yale. Like, I really got to like make them see how smart I am. Like your, yeah. your courses, like the recommendation letters that teachers have written on your behalf, they are kind of taking up, I'd say the bulk of that piece of the puzzle for you. So with this particular section, you know, actually college as a guy has a awesome blog that is a brief guide for the short answer questions for highly selective colleges. And this is one that I like to point out because the guide itself runs through lots of different examples of areas where you can really, what we, the word that we like to use is up level your mm -hmm. writing by bringing in a, a degree of playfulness. And I know we've, we touched on this before, but this is an area where I think just a few examples of where people say this or the way that people describe things, I think is really helpful to kind of really help reframe maybe the intent of these types of questions. So, you know, one example from my own experience that I've, I've kept with me all these years is we used to do a prompt at Pomona that was, if there are aspects of your identity you feel are not captured elsewhere in your application, please provide that information below in no more than 50 words. 
And students took lots of different approaches to responding to this. You know, if they wanted to explain or contextualize an identity in further detail, but one that really stood out to me, and I, I asked her if I could use her quote as an example to inspire future applicants. But I think this kind of gives you a good sense of kind of just the point that I'm talking about of like really kind of just speaking in, you know, your own language. Um, yeah. So for this response, she writes, I'm a total calculus nerd. I make snowflakes in parentheses from used paper and paste them on every window. I am called more of a quote mom friend than an artsy California girl because I carry band-aids in my backpack. I talk more than I laugh and I laugh a lot. So <laughs> just after reading this, you know, it's, it's 50 words. It's completely optional. Right. Uh, you know, there might be a temptation to, again, see this 50 words slot and be like, ooh, this is yet another chance for me to flex my intellectual brilliance. Right. Say that this student by doing this, like I left kind of reading this being like, that was so cute. Like, I feel like I have such a visual of like who she is. Um, Yes. And it wasn't anything again, like super elevated or super intellectual or anything along those lines, because there was lots of other pieces in the file that communicated that message. So this was another opportunity to kind of switch gears a little bit, be a little more relatable. Right. And this is, again, it's not like I was going to go into committee and be like, well, let's turn immediately to page 12 in the application to this 50 word response. And this is the reason point end of the story period that the student should be admitted. You know, this is not the sole justification for all the amazing things that she brings to the table, but it does just like leave that kind of like that I talked about of like those kind of subliminal, like your background brain is kind of just like hardwired to like, remember these types of little quips and and instances and you're much more likely to be like I like this girl like she's a cool chick like she could be really a fun like roommate or friend or just bring a certain pleasant vibe to campus and and pleasantness is definitely you know we could use we could always use a little more dose of it we we always could honestly like when you were saying that I was smiling so much because each sentence I was like this is in the college application and as it should be like mm-hmm. that's such a wholesome way to show who you are because your academics speak for themselves like your test scores your classes your volunteer work all of that really speaks for itself so when you have a chance maybe 50 words to explain who you are you don't really need to be breaking out the thesaurus to you know come up with a different way to say I'm a human or something like that. Like you could really be creative like that because in college, I think that's something that I didn't realize when I was in high school, but I did realize in college is you're not just a learner to colleges. It's not like, oh, we're going to accept her because it looks like she will do well in classes and she'll contribute in lectures and things like that. When you're at college, you're not just a student you're a roommate, you're a friend, you're a club leader, you're an athlete. Like you are so many other things that make up this community of college that it's not just what you do in the classroom. It's who you are. It's that you're the mom friend. It's that you've always got the band-aids in your backpack. Like Mm -hmm. that's who you are. And that's who this college will say, I really want them to be part of this community. So again, not like that's, you know, those 50 words are going to be, all right, yeah, you're admitted, but it's a nice way to compliment your academics and show that personality. Yeah, no, 100%. I, and I think like even having like a little memorable nugget like that too, of like, if I was to bring up this file again in committee and like, you know, the name flashes the top and I, I kind of take a look at my notes and be like, oh my gosh, it's Snowflake Girl, right? Or yes, like, yes. Girl, right? Like those types of little, you know, pieces of association, I would say are much more memorable in a positive way than a sentence that you come across and read and are like, this feels so (laughs) artificially and unnaturally constructed to try and communicate a message about yourself that already has been shared so powerfully in other, you know, levels of achievement that you've chronicled. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's really why it's a don't sweat it. You know, you've shown who you are in so many aspects of your application. Don't sweat not sounding smart enough. You are smart enough. You're, you're, showing them who you are and that that's not an area to you know stress do I sound smart enough or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah another don't sweat it that we have is to not sweat 
getting letters of recommendation from certain teachers. So for example, sweating, like getting a letter of recommendation from one STEM teacher and one creative teacher. That was another one that you, you told me that I kind of definitely did in high school. I was very concerned with like, okay, I need to have one STEM teacher and one maybe English teacher, a creative teacher to show that I have both a STEM brain and a creative brain. When, as you pointed out to me, that's not always really the case that, that that's needed for your application. 100%. And that's, you know, Elena, you and me both. <laughs> right, was, right. You know, 17-year-old Tom was sweating a lot about, oh, I got to that I'm, I'm well-rounded with my academics and I need to have like, you know, a great teacher in history and a great teacher in math. That was kind of yep. my, my mentality of like, oh, that will say it all. And yes. the reality is that, you know, and I also, I was very cognizant of like, oh, I also really want the class to be, you know, it has to be an AP level or honors teacher mm -hmm. you know, to show that I'm really smart. And, and I think one of the biggest things that I found surprising when I started working in admissions was how, how little I actually kind of spent time using the, the letter of recommendation from a teacher to prove how talented a student was in a certain area. That usually was not as much the focus of me reviewing the letter. Interesting. It, oftentimes, sometimes I wouldn't even remember the subject when I got to the end of the letter because it would be more about the students' investments in classes, the projects that they were the most involved in, or the areas where they really showed a sense of empathy or humanity with classmates. Like, you yeah. know, those types of windows into like you as a contributor to a intellectual environment, to a class discussion, to anything along those lines, those were really kind of the main takeaway for these letters yeah and in general i think a good rule of thumb to think about is to have these letters generally it's it is best to i'd say have them come from core academic classes so mm -hmm. those tend to be english math science language and social studies slash history yes Beyond that, though, I mean, I've had students who have had both their letters, you know, one came from their French teacher and the other came from their English teacher, and they both had great new things to present about the student. And I wasn't really all that concerned that, oh, gee, there wasn't a math letter. So I don't know if two plus two is going to work out. Like that was <laughs> the degree of review that I'm bringing there because I can see right on page, you know, the first part of the file, their math curriculum, their grades, what they've taken. All that is there, you know, if they submitted test scores or had AP scores, whatever, that's there yeah. as well. But even if it's not there, you know, there's still other pieces on the quantitative end that are kind of communicating that. I'm still curious. I'm still sitting here tapping my foot. I want to know what my teachers wrote. It's a, <laughs> I don't a, know a if graduated. you'll ever know. I, it, it might just be one of those things that you'll just, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Right. Never, I know. I might never know. But I'll just pretend they wrote really great things. And then maybe one day... I'll somehow find them out. <laughs> I think they wrote, I could see Elena in the future being, you know, podcast host extraordinaire. And that is just written in the stars. And then, and who knew that my English teacher predicted that? It will happen. And here we are today. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. That, I'd say, is a don't forget it. 100%. Which is a great segue into our don't forget it. <laughs> so these our don't forget it's the things that you don't want to forget to do for your college application those little tweaks that you can implement to bring your college application to the next level so the first one we have is do add additional information if there's a section for that on your application so this is the section on any application that you're using where maybe it wants you to fill in future plans or just add additional information about yourself on the application yeah, the additional information section can be such a valuable place to expand on activities that maybe you only touched on a little bit in your activities list. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's one that's like super original and you came up with this idea for this juggling juice club that has really, <laughs> you know, bolstered your community and their vitamin C intake, whatever it is. Right? <laughs> If you kind of really want to outline a little more of like, oh, the reason why that is, is because I saw that there was a deficit in my community and we did this experiment and um, our nutrition was really low. And so then I partnered with, you know, this provider who donated the juice. I just completely made that up. But the fact is like, 
if you have something that was a passion project of yours that it took a long time to kind of get it off the ground, you took a lot of initiative, you know, obviously you don't need to kind of write additional information about certain activities like National Honor Society that like many students participate in and the admissions officers are are quite familiar with. Right. To expand on it and really kind of give a window into the motivation behind why you actually committed to, especially, yeah, especially these more independent, unique um, endeavors that you may have taken on in high school, giving a little bit of that background info in typically bullet points, I'd say are best or short paragraphs. Um, Mm -hmm. That really, I think is a big, big um, plus for your application to have. And you have in many application types, a space, typically it's around 650 words, um, sometimes less, sometimes more, but enough where you can expand on pre-existing information that you feel like, gee, if someone reads this and reads this description, they are only scratching the surface of what, like what was behind this actual activity. Um, yes. I, same goes for the future plans. I think this is like a small little tweak and, and moment of, I'd say, up-leveling your application that doesn't always get spoken about a lot. But in many applications, you have a section where you can indicate your future plans after college, you know, a particular mm-hmm. career or path that you may want to pursue. And in many application types, there's like a drop down list where you can choose like physician or lawyer or something else, right? Yeah. Uh, podcast host. I don't know if that's on there. <laughs> Should even, be. If it's not, even if it's not though, you know, and even if there is an option that says podcast host, what if you want to kind of give the admissions reader a little more of a window into like what type of podcast what types of issues would you want to share on it right mm-hmm. so for that future plan section you can oftentimes write in you can choose other and then write in your own you know say for example you are interested in being a lawyer but you're also you're interested in being a lawyer and advocating for particular causes or mm-hmm. partnering with certain or like there's a certain vision that you have as to how you want to carry that out and just lawyer full stop point period doesn't really communicate the whole right. scope of what you're trying to accomplish with your life. And again, like communicating that motivation and what the communities that you're trying to impact or commit yourself to, that can be a space when you have that free form ability to write it in, in your own words, so, so much more powerful and impactful and memorable than yeah. drop down preset options. Those are fine. This is not an area that would like, if you don't do this, Oh gosh, I good luck to you, right? Yep. <laughs> it totally isn't, but it's it's a it's a don't forget it because it's a little tiny tweak that can, has the capacity and the potential to have your application be a lot more memorable and a lot more distinct. Yes. Definitely. And any chance that you have to add that personal touch is really great. So I'd say that's a good don't forget it. Another don't forget it that I had literally no idea about until you told me was to adjust your text formatting. So I know that I had a lot of my college application information in a Google Doc Mm -hmm. or just a separate document. But you told me that if you copy and paste text from specifically a Google Doc, everything will be bolded in your application. I did not know this. So so, and it, it, it kind of really, as with many things in college admissions, it does depend on like, you know, maybe the browser extension you're using or, you know, settings on your computer or cookie. like, there's a lot a mm-hmm. whole spectrum of reasons as to why you like this might happen to you, but it happens so much more frequently than you would think. And once you start to see it from the user experience, and I know I've talked about that before about, you know, user experience and, and, and kind of calibrating your application to think a little bit more about the reader from like a moving through the application process and an ease Mm-hmm. in terms of being able to retain what you're saying and really take it to heart. If you get to an essay and it's supposed to be, you know, normal font and the whole thing is bolded, you automatically just kind of like lean back in your chair and are like, oh, oh this is <laughs> like, that's what you feel like, oh gosh, where, okay, let's, you know, dig through this. And that is not really, I'd say a reaction that you want anyone to have when they get to this part of your file. So yeah. really- I'm a huge proponent and the big, don't forget to take a look at your application from uh, if, if the application type has a PDF preview or a way that you can actually see, gee, it looks differently when I'm inputting it into the text boxes on the application's website, but what does it actually look like for the person reviewing it? And that will mm-hmm. influence like a lot of 
So I know, for example, we talked about the activities list and when you jam pack a lot of stuff into the title, that's just a large font that is kind of going on for a few lines that just yeah. doesn't look pleasing to the eye. Yeah. So this same thing goes for copying supplemental essays, personal essays, any of your writing from a Google Doc or you know Microsoft Word or whatever processor you use to your application, just making sure that whatever their you know, inset, bold, italicized, underlined options are, that you make sure to preserve the formatting that you want to. And if you do have words that are bolded, great, go ahead and do that. But the whole thing being bolded is probably not a good call. <laughs> um, and same thing goes for, this is a small little, don't forget it, but I think it makes a, a, a really big impact is paragraph length. Like Ooh. this is something that it's okay if you're writing a double spaced, you know, 10 page paper for your history class on the women's suffrage movement. But mm -hmm. like, if you have a paragraph that is like, you know, half of your page of your application, it just can appear very overwhelming. And there's probably a lot of details in there that may not with the speed at which the admissions officer is reading through the big key takeaways of the, the values and the insights that you are trying to put forward in your writing might get a little lost in translation if these paragraphs are veering on the too long end. And I'd say mm -hmm. there's no hard and fast rule about this where like every paragraph needs to be under five sentences, right? Like that no one's kind of going through and counting sentences and being like, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't make it easy for me. They, yep. had, they had six sentences and I just, I can't forgive that. I'm right? done. No one's going through that level of scrutiny. Again, they're moving through this really quickly, but to give yourself the biggest benefit of person reviewing your file, really absorbing the key messages that you're putting forward, it's in your best interest to, I'd say, make that, have the essay have smaller paragraphs and sections that really kind of stick to the topic that you're describing and when mm -hmm. you start to feel like it's starting to veer into something else, or you start to feel like the paragraph is just, it's a long story that just needs a lot of additional details, split it up into two, you know, and really, yeah. that really does you a huge amount of favors. One resource that I want to plug um, when yeah. it comes to formatting tips and, and tricks and little bells and whistles that again, like I'm all about no matter who you are and what stage you're entering this application process at as a senior, like. So many of the things, like I said before, you can't really do too much about at this point, but these mm -hmm. little tweaks are all things that any student filling out an application can implement. And it takes maybe, you know, a few minutes to kind of think about these particular little formatting hacks, I guess. Right. So the resource will be included in the show notes, but it is an entire college essay guide blog, completely all about, drum roll please, how to format a college essay, a step-by-step -step guide. The information in it not only applies to the personal essay, but to a lot of other writing windows and spaces for your college application more broadly. So definitely highly, highly recommend that. A hundred percent. This even has like common questions, like how many paragraphs should a college essay be? Should I title my college essay? All of that. Tom, I mean, seriously, where was this when I was applying? Please can we, I, can we roll back time? You got to take that up with Mr. Ethan Sawyer, the college <laughs> essay guy, you know, this was back in the era of mostly him and a, a few, a little cohort of other people putting together a lot of these blogs. And now the reach is expanding. We're, we're getting, yeah. you know, we're getting solicited by podcasts to, to share I mean, more resources. So famous. You know, where were you? I should say when <laughs> I was applying because this podcast would have been amazing. <laughs> No, but seriously, like that's a really, really good point. And there, there are just those little tweaks, little bits and pieces where you could be like, all right, this paragraph is too long. I don't even want to read it this long. I got to shorten it. That'll really improve likability and just the readability of your application. Yeah. And my last, don't forget it, is one that I thought of as we were talking about this and I was thinking about my own college application experience. My don't forget it would be don't forget as you're going through this process that the college is going to be lucky to have you. So this was something that my family reminded me a lot about because I was so worried, like, I really want to get into this college. I'd be so lucky if I got in. And they would always remind me, stop, you're not lucky to get into the college. The college is lucky to have you. And that was something that I just kind of told myself throughout the whole process because it reminded me like, all right, as I'm formatting this essay or as I'm writing this activities list, don't forget, like, I'm not trying to get them to love me or really like me. I have to really like them. So I'm going to show them who I am. And at the end, 
the college is going to be the lucky one to have me. So that's just my don't forget it. A little motto to tell yourself and maybe it'll help you feel more confident as you're filling out these parts of your application because in the end, that's the truth. I love that you left it on that flip the script moment, right? Because <laughs> thank you. It can get really easy to, again, get caught up in the weeds and to be really overthinking so many things, right? To be scrutinizing every single word and paragraph and and in the back of your mind, oh, well, what if they see this and what are they going to think? And then they're going to forget that I did this thing and I did that. Right. Pause, breathe, like remember that there are thousands and thousands of these. Um and giving yourself a little bit of grace, that is kind of a word that I started to use a lot with my students last year because I saw, you know, this level of getting worked up. And, and really, I think what it comes down to is the fear of the unknown and the lack of control. Yep. And, and that is why so much of what I try to put out there when it comes to tips and my biggest don't forget it truly is to control what you can control, right? Yeah. There's so many parts of this process that are not something that you have a, 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 an active hand in. But mm -hmm. all the things that we talked about today are areas where really you can take the wheel yep, and you can drive the bus. Or yes. be. I'm, I'm hearing lots of things kind of rolling around my window right now. So I'm like, there's probably you're getting picked up on the audio recording, but <laughs> it's a great, you know, actual uh, physical manifestation of the open road and what's ahead yes. of you and you driving that vehicle. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, there you have it. You've got our don't sweat it. You've got our don't forget it. Tom, thank you so much for your amazing insight and advice. This is really helpful for anybody completing their applications. And I really wish that I had a lot of these when I was doing my college apps. Thank you. I'm so glad to have been here. And that has been one of the biggest things for me, like working in college admissions over the past few years is like, gee, what are the things that now I know after like actually do, reading these files and being part of these committee conversations that I wish that I knew? Mm -hmm. um, and so, so much of that was just outlined for you in, in two whole parts. So yes. I, I hope that it's helpful. And I'm wishing anyone who's tuning in, who is going through this process, all the good vibes, all the good energy and all the fun fall pumpkin spice latte fabulousness that I'm currently trying to keep coursing through my veins so <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and everyone check out the resources that we talked about in the show notes and also at collegeessayguide.com they're free and available to you right now so check them out thank you tom um, thank you elena